0: Well, church, my goodness, isn't God lovely? Amen. Isn't Jesus just beautiful? Yes. Isn't he just wonderful? Yes. You know, God has broken me this week. God has really broken my heart. You know, he's shown me his love this week. And even this morning in the service, even in the pre-prayer, you know, God softens our hearts yes. so he can dwell yes. with us, yes. so he can be with us, so he can commune with us. God loves us so much. I just want to tell you that before we start. Therefore know that the Lord, your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. I want to speak about covenant this morning, but I I want to speak, and hopefully this is going to shore up the foundations that you've already laid, which is Christ Jesus, So, as I speak about covenant this morning, I just want you to listen and listen what God wants to say to his church, because God wants us to understand what a covenant is. Amen? Amen. So, the Lord is the covenant-keeping king. He's the covenant-maker, and he is the covenant-keeper. And we've heard today about how faithful God is to us throughout all the generations, And from Genesis to Revelation, he is faithful and he will remain faithful to the end. We can put a full trust and a full assurance that God is for us, God is with us, God is not against us. He's on our side, we're his children and he absolutely loves us. Amen? If you turn your Bibles to Matthew 26, verse 26 to 28. So Jesus took bread He blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. If there's a new covenant, there has to be, in effect, an old covenant. And there are many covenants in the Bible. But to understand the covenants, we have to go back to the beginning. We have to go back to the beginning. God reveals his plan of redemption and salvation through the covenants up to the new covenant. Covenant in Hebrew is, is uh, in the Old Testament, is bereth, which means to cut. So we see that in Abraham when he cut, cut the sacrifice. My goodness, didn't they love a sacrifice in them days? But uh, covenant in Greek, is diathic, which means will or testament. Hence, we have New Testament and New Covenant. So, covenants are conditional, temporal, unconditional, or everlasting. So, what is a biblical covenant? So, it's a solemn binding agreement between God and man and bringing both parties together into a relationship. God sets out the framework and the requirements through commitments and promises, And most covenants are validated by a blood sacrifice. So I want to take you on a journey this morning from creation through covenant to the cross. But I want to get this word in you. Relationship is the key word. Relationship is the key word. We know that God is relational. We see the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is relational in himself. And we know that we are relational. He's created us as relational beings we have a mouth to speak we have ears to hear we have eyes to see we have emotions we have feelings and we can communicate with each other and with God so God has created us in his image and every single one of us no matter what the world says no matter anybody anybody else says you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made and you are created in God's image amen in God's image So right from the start in Eden, we see God's intent was always to have relationship between him and his creation. I wanna give you a picture of this as well. Adam and Eve walking in the garden, it would have been absolutely beautiful. All the flowers just created, you can imagine the smells and walking with God and the aromas, it would just have been perfect in unity with God, God with his creation as he intended from the beginning. Turn your Bibles to Genesis 2, verse 24, if you would. So, Genesis 2, verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So, the marriage relationship is a wonderful example of covenant. Man and woman enter into a legal, spiritual, and a physical agreement, promising to remain faithful. Throughout all circumstances, everything that goes on in the marriage, and the marriage is protected by covenant obligations. So marriage was always meant to be three code. God at the center, man and woman, with God at the center. I want to say to you, don't leave God out your marriage. You know, marriage was God's idea from the beginning. It's not man's idea, it was God's idea. It's how he created us, and he created us this for relationship. So it's three code. So Adam and Eve, we know, had an intimate relationship with God. Adam walked with God and Eve in the in the cool of the day. And you know, they had this beautiful relationship. They were just being with God. They didn't have to do nothing. God created them. They just walked in the garden with him. There was one stipulation in this relationship, only one stipulation. Just don't do that one thing. Just that one thing. Just don't eat from that tree. Eat from every other and just not that one. And we know that Eve got tempted, gave some to Adam. And obviously they, they, they had sinned before God. And uh, instead of assurance from that moment, they felt shame. Instead of walking with God, they hid from God. So that relationship was broken at that moment. And my goodness, how sad they must have felt. They were in communion with God. They were walking with God in his creation. And it was broken at that moment that their eyes were opened. So they lost intimate relationship with God. They lost their authority that God had given them over all the earth. And they lost their purpose. They lost their purpose at that moment. Adam would work the ground, God told him. You'll work the ground with sweat and tears, and even all women would bear child children in pain. Thank goodness that I am a man. I know all you men are thinking it. Thank goodness I'm a man. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But if we, turn, if we turn to Genesis 3.15, oh, Nicola, I really appreciate what you went through. we got four kids, by the way, four kids, four childbirths, anyway. Um, so if you turn to Genesis 3.15, even though the relationship was broken between man and God, between Adam and Eve and God, this is what we read. And he says this to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman And between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. But even here in the garden, God speaks of a future hope and a future seed. Speaking of Jesus, the coming Messiah, who would defeat Satan at the cross in the future. God is not taken off guard. God is not never taken off guard when things happen in the world. He knew that Adam and Eve would sin. He knew what was going to go on. He gave them a choice but he knew it. We read the lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. So Jesus was in place. God had a plan even from the beginning and from, from the beginning. Before the beginning to restore relationship and restore mankind to himself. Still with me? Yes. So God has a plan of salvation brought about through covenants. I can only give you the highlights this morning due to time. I've only got two hours. I hope you brought your lunch. <laughs> Pastor Arville and Pastor Anne said you restricted to two hours. I've told everyone to bring a lunch. Have you got your lunches with you? Sorry, I'm only joking. So 400 years later. No, sorry, we go to Noah. So we know Noah. And uh, God from, from the garden, man is expelled from the garden. And we see that God, is, um, God sees man's heart, every intention of man's heart is evil. But I want you to get this. God is grieved in his heart, grieved in his heart that he has made man. He's not angry. This is what we must understand as well. He's grieved. And Pastor Arvil, you know about grief. So grief is a loss of something that is really close to you, something you value. And God felt grief for his creation. Um, And then he covenants with Noah. So he says he's going to flood the world. And he speaks to Noah and he says, look, you know, build an ark, take your family, go into the ark, I'll bring the animals. And then God obviously floods the world. Noah comes out. But God gives reassurance through covenant. And God makes a covenant with Noah, but he makes it with all creation as well, with all of us. That he put the rainbow in the sky, says, I will never flood the earth again. And this is the sign I'll put in the sky, that I will remember my covenant with you. You know, God is a covenant-keeping God. I want you to get that today. God is a covenant-keeping God. So we go to Abraham. God covenants with Abraham 400 years after Noah. If you've got your Bibles, as I said, stay in Genesis. Turn to Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3. Now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham was 75 when God called him. He was a decade in for a bus pass. But I want to say this morning, Abraham was 75. Don't let... Age, define your calling. Seriously, God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us, for every stage of our life, from beginning to end, until He returns or until we go to be with Him. So, God calls Abraham from an ordinary life to an extraordinary life, and God tells him to leave the life that He's accustomed to. This is so Abraham could walk out and work out the plan and the purpose that God had for him. And my goodness, would God use Abraham in a mighty, mighty way. Amen? So maybe that's a word of confirmation for somebody here today. If God is calling you from the ordinary to the extraordinary, that he can work out his plan and his purpose in your life, listen to what the Holy Spirit says. Listen to what the Holy Spirit says because God does call us from the ordinary to the extraordinary, from the natural to the supernatural so God can work out his plan for you. Check it out with others. Get God to confirm it. But maybe that's a word of confirmation to somebody today. Genesis 15, God promises Abraham. I'm going to be a bit quick on this one. God promises Abraham an heir from his own body, descendants as many as the stars and the land of inheritance, Then Abraham questions God, how shall I know this? How shall I know? So God tells Abraham to bring a sacrifice, three-year-old heifer, three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a pigeon, and a dove. So the the three sacrificed animals, cut down the middle, put some each side, and the birds he doesn't. But we see God going through the covenant. Tradition in them days was, was that both parties in the covenant would walk through the covenant together, saying that if this happens, if I break this covenant, that I'll become like that animal. I'll become like that animal. But we notice that Abraham doesn't go through that. Doesn't walk through. God walks through with a smoking oven and, and the, sorry, smoking oven and the, the cloud. Sorry, the, the burning cloud, sorry, the flaming cloud. So, So God, we see this, the covenant was an unconditional, everlasting, affirmed through sacrifice, and later would be sealed by circumcision. So God's covenant is confirmed and sealed in Genesis 17. This is what God says. He'll be a father of many nations. People will come from him. Kings shall come through you. He promises the promised land of Canaan to his descendants as an everlasting possession for Israel. All families of the earth will be blessed. And in Abraham, all the families of the earth would be blessed. He promised the son will be born to Sarah, who was going to be Isaac. Abraham to Abraham, exalted father to father of a multitude. God changed his name and changed Sarah, which is princess, to Sarah, which still means princess. But being a princess means you're a child of a king. Amen? Amen. So God asks Abraham to sacrifice Isaac on Mount Horeb. And he asks, Isaac asks, where is the sacrifice? And God says, God, my son, God will provide the sacrifice for himself. So God reveals three things through Abraham, through the covenant that he makes with Abraham. God would establish a people for himself, a promised land, and God would provide the sacrifice needed for salvation. And God would bring a saviour through his seed. God would bring a saviour through his seed. This is signposting us ahead to Jesus Christ. Matthew 1, it tells us the genealogy of Jesus according to the flesh. Starts with Abraham, doesn't start with Noah, doesn't start with Adam, starts with Abraham. 42 generations, 14 to David, 14 to the exile and 14 to Jesus. We now go from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob and God changed Jacob's name to Israel and through Jacob, the 12 tribes and the nation of Israel is birthed and established. Israel ends up in Egypt because of Joseph, which we know. Everyone still with me? Yes, very good, Paul. Moses, thank you, Lord. I mean, thank you, Lord, it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Moses, so God covenants with Moses and Israel. God speaks to Moses from a burning bush. Moses, 85 years of age chosen to lead God's, God's people out to slavery. He's a Hebrew rescued into a palace to later leave the palace and then return to the palace to rescue a people. I'm gonna say that again. A Hebrew rescued into a palace to later leave the palace, then return to the palace to rescue a people, God's people. So the Lord makes a conditional and temporal covenant with Israel, with Moses. God calls Israel to obedience through a covenant to everything that God commands that they may inherit the promises. And God gives Moses the law, the 10 commandments and the other laws for Israel to abide by. The law, as we know, is only a tutor to lead them to realise that they needed a saviour, which was Jesus Christ, which would come in the future. Signposting again ahead to Jesus. Exodus 24, verses 6 to 8. If you turn your Bibles to Exodus 24, verses 6 to 8. Then he sent young men of the children of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen before the Lord. And Moses took half the blood and put it in basins, half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people. And this is what Israel said all that the Lord has said we will do and we will be obedient. Moses took the blood, he sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. So the covenant of law is validated by the sacrifice. But under the covenant of law, we see Moses here as the mediator of the blood covenant of law between God and Israel. Moses providing the sacrifice, sprinkling the blood on the altar and the people. Under the new covenant of grace in the future, Jesus would be the mediator between God and man. He would be the sacrifice. His blood would satisfy God and his blood would cover the sins of the people. Amen? Amen. So Israel went to the promised land led by Joshua. And promised people go, go through Abraham into God's promised land as Abraham, Abraham prophesied and promised that, he, that God, God promised to him that he would provide a land and the people. Israel is ruled now by priests and judges. Are you still with me? Yes. Sorry, I know I'm going a bit fast this morning. I'm thinking of time. So Israel asked the prophet Samuel for a king so they can be like other nations. They didn't want God. They wanted an earthly king. They didn't want God as their king. So King Saul was appointed. He disobeys God, as we know, and he reigns for 10 years. So God covenants with David. David is a son of Jesse, called by God, a shepherd, then a king, just like Jesus, who's our shepherd and our king. He's a man after God's own heart. He's anointed by Samuel and appointed as king. So from the lineage of Judah, which is David, would come, the Lion of Judah. And God makes an unconditional, everlasting covenant with David. Turn your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 7. I'm getting you moving around the Bible this morning, aren't I? It's good, I've got it all written in front of me, it's easy for me. (laughs) When your days are fulfilled, and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you. This is God speaking to David who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Speaking of Jesus. In chapter 16, and your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. We know that David through Nathan when uh, he said to Nathan he wanted to build a house for God because he had a house, God wasn't interested in David building him a house for the ark. He wanted to build a dynasty through David who would come the saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? This is signposting again ahead to Jesus. So through the lineage of David from the tribe of Judah, as I said, will come Jesus, the lion of Judah. So God coven- covenants, God's covenants are confirmed, and God always confirms his covenants, and he's confirmed it through Jeremiah the prophet. If we turn to Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 to 34. Is everyone still on a journey with me? Yes. Do we understand the covenants, where we've come from, where we're we going? Yeah, we're coming from, from there up to, up to Jesus. So Jeremiah is confirming the covenants, and behold, this is what he says. Behold the days are coming says the Lord when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt my covenant which they broke though I was a husband to them says the Lord but this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days I will write my law in their heart in their minds and write it on their hearts I will be their God And they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me. They shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. My goodness, that first death. My goodness, new covenant. God writes his law on our hearts and our minds, no longer written on stone. We're coming into a new covenant. God is signposting us, signposting through Jeremiah, ahead to Jesus, the new covenant. So we've gone from a journey of covenant from Eden, which was the seed. Remember, the seed was spoken in the beginning, promised through Abraham, confirmed in Jacob, carried through Moses, and affirmed in David, prophesied in Jeremiah, and fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to say that again. A journey of covenant from Eden. The seed. Promised through Abraham. Confirmed in Jacob. Carried through Moses. Affirmed in David. Prophesied in Jeremiah. Fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. Come on. Let's give God a hand. God is good. God is good. Amen. Wow. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. God is faithful in all of his covenants. We may fail. You know, we may fail God. God remains faithful even when we're unfaithful. He is faithful to you. God wants to get that over to you today. He is faithful to his covenant with you. So we come into the new covenant of grace, and through faith, this new covenant is now for all people. All are included, none excluded. God bringing all things together in his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Jews, Gentiles, all nations, all peoples, all colours, poor, rich, young, old, educated, uneducated, the damaged, the broken, everything reconciled in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Everything reconciled amen. through Jesus Christ. The amen. new covenant of grace, amen? amen? There's a beautiful picture of covenant portrayed and it's in the book of Samuel. So here we see David and, David and Saul's son, Jonathan, they make a covenant together, and uh, David was, David's part of the covenant was to show favor to, uh, to Saul's lineage. And uh, he said to Jonathan, "Look, Jonathan said to him, "Look, if my father, Saul ever comes to kill you. I'll let you know." And the our covenant is that you show favor. When you come into your kingship, that you show favor to my generations." So we know that King Saul and, uh, and Jonathan, his son were killed in battle. Um, but Jonathan had a son called Mephibosheth. And when they heard the news that, uh, Jonathan, that Jonathan and King Saul had, had been killed in battle, the nurse ran with Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth God, mouthful, dropped him <laughs> and he became disabled. So he broke his legs or, or whatever, but he came, became disabled and then he went to live in Lodabar. So David comes into his, his kingdom. Southern and, and, and northern kingdom, and David is ruling over both, over all of Israel. So David comes into his kingdom. And this is what he says to his servant. He's got a servant called Zeba, and he, he calls him and he says, Well, oh, Zeba, I don't know if it's man or woman. Is it a man? I don't know. sounds like. Anyway, we'll say it's a man. But he calls Zeba his servant, and then he says to him, or oh, her, Zeba, must be a man. Zeba. It, <laughs> it is a man. It is a man. So he calls Zeba. And he says to Ziba, is there anyone left in the house of Saul that I can bless? Is there anybody left in the house of Saul? So Ziba says, there's one, Mithibosheth. He's down in Lodabar. And David says, bring him, bring him to the palace. Bring him, I, I wanna bless him. I wanna bless him. So Mithibosheth comes to David. He comes to David in fear, complete terror that David is going to wipe him out, kill him, beat him up, whatever. He's low enough already. And this is what he says. He lies in the court and he says, what do you want with a dead dog like me? What do you want with a dead dog like me? My goodness. He had the wrong picture of himself. He had the wrong picture of David. This is what we're reading to Samuel. I'll read it for you. 2 Samuel 9 verse 7, don't be afraid for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan your father's sake and I will restore to you all the land of Saul your grandfather and you shall eat bread at my table continually, you shall eat bread at my table always grab a hold of this you need to grab a hold of this david saw methibosheth through the eyes of his covenant with jonathan the father sees us today through the eyes of our covenant with jesus methibosheth did nothing to earn his place at the king's table by grace alone through faith are we welcomed to his table You can't buy your way, you can't work your way. The only way to come to God and into the new covenant to Jesus Christ is through bankruptcy. And we all have to come bankrupt. We come with nothing of ourselves or in ourselves. He is the one who redeems us. He restores us and he sanctifies us through the blood. There's no other way that we can come to the Father but just as we are with nothing of ourselves. The relationship that was broken through sin would be restored through the new covenant that is in Jesus Christ. We're no longer under law, but grace through faith. The law was given to Israel under the old covenant. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ in the new covenant. And Jesus said, behold, I make all things new. If you turn your Bibles to Hebrews eight, verse six and seven. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would then no place would have been sought for a second. The old covenant Mosaic Law man provided the sacrifice to God the new covenant of grace, God provides the sacrifice for man to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the great high priest. He's the mediator between man and God. He made one sacrifice for sin forever, which was himself. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Sin had to be atoned for and Jesus, the spotless lamb of God, the only one, without sin, became sin, took the punishment for sin. He satisfied the righteous requirements of God for me and you, so we can stand before him today. Amen. Amen. He was crucified, he died and was buried. And on the third day, the son of God, he rose again from the dead in victory. In victory. Pastor Arvel, from Genesis to Revelation, is what he said earlier everything points to Jesus it's always been about Jesus and it always will be all about Jesus this is the new covenant in my blood I just want to say in response to this new covenant please listen to this this is really really powerful and it's John Wesley wrote it I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and your disposal. And now glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Come on. Church, you give us all for us. He give his all for us. Will you give your all for him? Amen. Will you give your all for him? This is what God is calling us to today. Yeah. He give us all in the new covenant, everything. Give his own son, Jesus Christ. Will Believers, will you give your all for him? Will you give your all for him? Just as John Wesley said here. Let's just close your eyes.